0: Welcome to the Cake Adjacent podcast, a once a week update on all things food, family, community, gardening, or whatever. We call it sidecar. If it has to do with rituals around food and holidays, making food or taking it places, or remembering what we were eating during important times in our lives, we'll talk about it here. So we're in the middle of a bunch of holidays this month. Easter, Passover, Ramadan, and baseball. This is definitely a topic we'll talk about throughout the year, but I'm not a fan of Thanksgiving. I like the idea of a holiday where we all get together with people we love and hang out, but the pressure of it all, with the history of it in the United States, and the absolute gluttony of eating so much that you feel sick, that is so not my jam. But I love Easter. Maybe because it's springtime. And there were always Easter baskets full of candy that my parents would hide somewhere and it would take us forever to find them. I don't remember that we traveled for Easter. We'd usually have a nice ham. Maybe my grandparents would visit or my Grammy Cole and Auntie Ethel. I remember sometimes we would get them orchid corsages. They loved those. We'd have a ham or a crispy roast pork with some buttery potatoes and a green vegetable. And then what would we have for dessert? Maybe it was lemon meringue pie, because I do remember my mom making them occasionally, but when I asked my sister, she couldn't remember either. Maybe we were just so over-sugared on all our Easter candy, we never actually got to dessert. But honestly, that doesn't sound like me at all. There is always room for dessert. That is just a universal truth. So even though Easter is centered around a big meal, it is less anxiety-causing than Thanksgiving. Maybe because there were fewer family trauma events around Easter. Maybe because it's brighter outside. Maybe because deep in the cells of my very being, my ancient pagan self knows that it's spring and the sun is at a different angle and the light hits my eye and activates a part of my brain that says, hey, it's a time of beginnings and growing things and flowers and leaves unfurling from dormant trees and baby ducks and lambs and bunnies. And of course jelly beans there's only one brand of jelly beans in my universe and that's brock's jelly beans i honestly do not know what i would do if they stopped making jelly beans i like the regular classic jelly bird eggs or jelly beans and i like the teeny ones which are really just the same but smaller i like the bags of all black ones and i am reminded that i need to send a bag to jeff who keeps complaining to me that he doesn't have any black jelly beans we both love the black jelly beans. And here's a little side story. I think I like the black or the licorice jelly beans because my sister used to trade, and I'm using air quotes right there, candy with me. And she'd take all the fruit flavored ones, usually the red and the pink ones, and give me all the black ones, convincing me when I was a teeny bean myself that I loved the black ones. And now I do. And a side story to the side story. Licorice or anise is actually a digestive and it's one of those things that many cultures either have as an after-dinner drink or as a little after-dinner mealy kind of thing, like a little snacky thing, uh, as little um or uh, a drink in the form of Sambuca to settle your tummy after a big meal. But too much licorice can cause high blood pressure and heart problems. Everything in moderation, or so I've heard. Anywho back to brock's jelly beans i also like the pectin jelly beans that you can get from russell stover they have a totally different flavor as well as a different texture Um, and they are good but they are definitely one of those candies where you can actually have too many of them i know right you never thought you would hear that from me but not brock's i can eat a lot of those without any bad outcomes One year, Catherine sent me a five-pound bag of Brock's jelly beans, because of course Amazon had them, and I ate them all. I like jelly bellies too, but Brock's are the gold standard. I'm also a big fan of all the things that happen around Easter, like Easter egg hunts. When my mother was the secretary of the one church in town, I always participated in the kid programming, even though we were not members of the church. And my favorite was the Easter egg hunt on the church grounds. As I got older, I joined the youth group and eventually was one of the ones who hid all the eggs for the littles, but I was secretly sad I didn't get to participate. There are no turkey leg hunts around Thanksgiving. I definitely have some serious beef, no pun intended, around Thanksgiving, and at some point I will probably have to work that out in therapy, but not this week. Another news, baseball started this week, and I did not have hot dogs cooked in beer like I have had for years and years. Even after I moved away from Rhode Island, we would get a six-pack of Narragansett beer and some Ballpark Franks and some of those hot dog buns that are split along the top, not on the side, and we would make sure we were home from work to watch a day game. But then the pandemic came and I'm still all discombobulated. I had the game on while I worked and I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch and then a few eggs for dinner despite having actual hot dogs in the house. It's interesting, for a lack of a better descriptor, I guess, how the pandemic has changed things, how time moves differently, and how the things that were so important to do, the rituals, the you realize that you can just not do them and the world won't end. Maybe because we're practically at the end of the world already, right? <sighs> so the spring and summer farmer's markets start up this weekend And today we went to the one here in town, which was really full and busy and an absolute joy. Here's a partial listing of what I got, as well as what we saw, uh, as available here in Northern Virginia on this, the second full week of April. One bag of fresh baby-picked salad greens. Actually, baby salad greens, not baby-picked. I don't think that they send babies out to pick salad greens, but honestly, I don't know. Things are very different on farms. It was more than a gallon-sized bag, and it cost $4, so it was a bargain, and I got to have a whole conversation with the young man running the cash register about counting back change and William & Mary College, where he might go when he graduates from high school in two years, plus I got a four-pack of Roma tomato starts that can sit in the greenhouse for another two weeks until it's safe to put them out, a four-pack of whoopie pies, a six-pack of cupcakes, a biscuit, and a cupcake where I ended up talking to the baker about my bag which is a big green canvas tote bag purse thing with lemons on it and so then we looked it up online where I got it so she could order one too. A dozen macarons from a vendor who looked just like one of my best friends Kate who I haven't seen in almost a year and so even though it wasn't her it was so nice to see her. Some carrots and spring onions because Ben is going to make kimchi this weekend. Three good sized cherry tomato starts for the greenhouse Two bouquets of tulips and daffodils, two breakfast sandwiches, one with ham and egg and cheese on a croissant with a spicy surprise sauce that I ended up liking, that was actually the surprise, and one with egg and cheese and bratwurst for Ben. We have lots of eggs in the house, so I didn't buy more eggs, and we didn't buy any meat at that market because we don't know any of the vendors there. Uh, There were lots of leafy greens to be had, lots of herb plant starts, even some flower plant starts some winter vegetables like potatoes and sweet potatoes, but I didn't see any peas or cucumbers or heads of cabbage yet, and definitely no strawberries. Two more weeks is my estimate, and I am just about trembling with excitement about strawberries. There's another market tomorrow in Dale City, and we might go down to that one. Uh, Our favorite dairy place is there, and even though they actually deliver, I feel like if we're going to the market, we should just pick up there rather than ask them to drop anything off at our house. I feel like farmers have enough to do without driving milk and cheese all over the county. Farmers Marcus last week and how much we love them because a lot of the vendors recognize us. And I think that the first non-husband or family hug I had after I was vaccinated was from Sue, from Sue's Pies out in Warrington. And let me tell you, it was the best hug and I can't wait to see her again, hopefully the weekend after Easter when that market fully opens. But it is also because I know how hard it is to be a farmer and how important it is to do that work. Farms help us keep some of the land from being overdeveloped in this region and ensure that there are places for wildlife to live. I will have a whole spiel on why a live Christmas tree is better than a fake one, so you'll hear more about this from me in the fall, but suffice it to say that I will always pay more for meat and eggs and dairy and produce, although often the produce is cheaper, as needed to ensure that this sprawly, soulless region of Northern Virginia continues to support its farms. I never, ever want to live where there are no farms, and you shouldn't either, because that's where apple cider donuts come from. And speaking of, we started about 20 kinds of tomatoes and 15 kinds of hot peppers in the greenhouse this weekend. And as of this recording, three sets of tomatoes had emerged. A paste tomato, my favorite tomato of all times, a yellow plum tomato called banana legs, and a chocolate cherry tomato. Plus a few of the cosmos flowers that I started last weekend as well. I'll continue to keep you posted on what is growing in the greenhouse, and I'll probably start some more seeds this weekend, maybe squash, cucumbers, and some more flowers because I have plenty of shelf space in the greenhouse. I know I said I was going to talk about native plants versus non-natives, and my thoughts may surprise you on that, plus a discussion on non-native invasives in our ecosystem because I definitely have opinions about that, but I think I'm going to save that for next weekend. I'll close out this week's thoughts, hoping that you had a good week and that you're looking forward to the little joys of springtime wherever you are. A reminder that it's still poetry month, and I would like to recommend that you read some Mary Oliver's work, especially if you love nature and dogs and birds and the ocean and animals and the perpetual struggle to find our place in this wild world. I know you thought I was joking last week, but I will seriously send you a voice recording of me reciting a poem if you need one. I may be overestimating the value of my own voice, but I do love poetry so much and I want you to love it too. Oh, and I stopped by my post office box for the first time today. I closed my eyes when I slid the key in the lock and I turned it and I held my breath and then I opened my eyes and there was a card and I got all teary. I got mail from Holly with a recipe in it. Bing Cherry Salad from her grandmother, and I'm so excited to try it. And it honestly sounds like the perfect Easter recipe. Thank you so much. If you want to send me a recipe or something to try, you can find the address in the show notes or on the website for twochocolatecakes.com. It's also pinned to the top of the Twitter feed. Okay, on to this week's food holidays. I'm so excited to see in my Twitter feed when y'all understand the assignment and tell me you made tiramisu on coffee cake day. Like, how perfect is that? You know I'm all about the interpretation. All right, today is unicorn day, for starters. And as you know, they are very hard to find. so if you see one, don't eat it. We saw a tiny child at the farmer's market who was kind of dressed as a unicorn with three layers of tulle and a hat and some shiny satiny sneakers. And she was pulling this tiny wooden duck toy. And we came up behind her and her family and I said, oh, hello, I thought you were a unicorn. And she pretty much thought that was the greatest thing. It is also Chinese almond cookie day. And I'm not 100% sure I know what those are, but I am definitely positive that I like them. Tomorrow, Sunday, is Cinnamon Crescent Day, and what even is that? Does that have a different name? Because both of my calendars reference it. I do remember that one when I would help my mother make pies, we would use the leftover pie dough to make these little cinnamon and sugar baked crunchy rolled up things. So I guess that's what those are? I don't know. It's also farm animal days, and I'm hesitant to ask if that is for eating or for petting. Finally, it is Siblings Day, and I have a sister, two stepsisters, and a stepbrother who I will talk about sometime on the podcast, who died almost 20 years ago this month, because his story is one I want to tell you all. I would be lost without my sister. We don't always agree or hold the same world views on things like black licorice or lobster, but I'm not sure I'd trade her for anything, not even a pony. And she's not feeling well this week, so if y'all can spare a good thought for her, I'd appreciate it. Monday is National Cheese Fondue Day, which is a good day indeed. Melted cheese? Yes, please. It's also Pet Day, but as our friends George and Jean would recommend, please do not put melty cheese on your pets in an attempt to get them to groom themselves. There are, in fact, better solutions. Oh, hey, Tuesday is Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day! And if you missed the Two Chocolate Cakes episode about the perfect grilled cheese sandwich, I recommend you go back and listen. It should be about two episodes ago. It is also Licorice Day. Wow, Uh, Big Licorice really should have sponsored this episode. Wednesday is Peach Cobbler Day, which seems odd since peaches aren't in season in this hemisphere until July at the earliest, but okay, whatever. I do love peaches, so I'm not going to cause a fuss here. Thursday is Pecan Day or Pecan Day, which seems weird because I feel like we just talked about them last week, but okay. A reminder that I have an excellent pecan pie recipe and an episode about pecan or pecan pie available should you need one. It's also Dolphin Day. I don't have a recipe for dolphins because they're not for eating. And it's ex-spouse day. And boy, do I have a lot of stories about ex-spouses. But frankly, I do not even know what you're supposed to do on that day except maybe burn effigies. Friday is National Glazed Spiral Ham Day, and I'm pretty sure that's a day sponsored in part by Honey Baked Ham, and I'm 100% okay with that. It's also Banana Day, and while I do not have it up on the website, I do have an excellent banana bread recipe that I've added teeny uh, peanut butter cups and chocolate chips to. Uh, And when it gets stale, it makes the most perfect banana bread pudding. While I'm not a huge fan of big chain restaurants, the banana cream pie, oh excuse me, the banana cream cheesecake at Cheesecake Factory might be one of my top five desserts, and maybe I can talk Ben into getting one for Easter dessert. It is also Rubber Eraser Day and Take a Wild Guest Day, and I guess if you want to celebrate them together, you can take a wild guess on how to make a rubber eraser palatable. Finally, next Saturday is Eggs Benedict Day, which is one of my favorite brunch choices, although because I'm a fussy eater, I will actually have it without Canadian bacon and have a big fat slice of tomato instead. But truth be told, I will eat just about anything that has hollandaise sauce on it. Okay, so next week is Easter and Passover, so we'll see what the best day is for a new episode in light of the holidays. Make sure you remember what you're making or eating for the holidays because I definitely want to know, especially if whatever it is has cultural or family significance. It isn't too late to hard boil a bunch of eggs and color them and then have egg salad for two weeks. All right, I am asking you yet again in that Bernie meme that when you review and share this podcast on whatever platform you use, it moves it up in the food podcast rankings and more people see it and I'm ready to be Winnie the Pooh famous but while wearing pants. Have a good week and I'll see you on Wednesday for two chocolate cakes and next weekend probably for sidecar. In the meantime, remember, bring your own bags to the farmer's markets. Crunched up eggshells and coffee grounds can go right in the garden and you are never too old for Easter baskets. (laughs)